1: is not afraid to dissect an issue, even if it ruffles some feathers. With global top talkers, here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
0: Let us bring in our global talkers. We've got Drex, welcome, host of the Shift, which you can listen to after us, and Mike Stubbs over at Global News Radio in London. Hello there, guys. Hi. Hello. Let's start with the article. Uh, uh, a interesting piece written by Terry Glavin of the National Post on the Danforth shooting. He's a great writer, and I, I generally agree with him on everything, but not so sure on this one. He says, if people cannot find it within themselves to extend, extend the same compassion to the Hussein family that is being shown to the victims' families, then we should be ashamed. And this is in response to, if we are truly Toronto strong, then, you know, we would be um you know, putting our arms around them. And I'm not suggesting anyone should vilify or go after them. But I'll start with you on this, uh, Mike. I'm not so sure he's right on this.
2: I think it's too soon. And I also think it's a non-story. I mean, uh, they aren't a part of the story. Um, If you look at the situation, I mean, we're not seeing a family that has raised someone to be that way. There's no indication of that So in my mind, they're an absolute non-story. This is not what it's about right now. There are too many other things to focus in on outside of that.
0: Yeah, Drex, I mean, we're still learning uh, what happened. But in the days that have followed the shooting, we certainly learned a lot. And, and, you know, not all of it is very flattering. But, um, you know, again, I don't think they should be hunted or certainly harassed. But I'm not sure that we are bad people if, if we're not feeling the same empathy for them than we are for a 10-year-old girl, an 18-year-old woman, and all the rest of those that are still trying to survive in hospital.
1: It's good to have forgiveness. It's good to have empathy. But different people mourn in different ways. Uh, and you're right, it is way too soon. There are going to be some people that automatically support this family and say, yeah, you know what, we back you, we get this, we understand it. But yeah, you're right. It's not the story right now. The story is about the victims, the two young women that were killed in this. Uh, And look, we have to let this run its course. People are people are angry. People are really angry about this, and it takes a lot to forgive. It really does. Well, it also regardless of whether you're connected to the family or not, it takes a lot to forgive.
0: I think it does, too, especially when, you know, you're starting to learn, you know, that one of their sons had gang ties, that the gun that the shooter had could have possibly been, you know, as a result of that activity. I mean, it's going to make people feel a lot less compassionate. Uh, You know, what if, you know, maybe they should have spoken up or what did they know? I think a lot of people will say, did you not know more that you could have reported?
1: Mm. People are uncomfortable right now and they just, I think we just need to wait on this. I absolutely, you know, like I said, forgiveness, empathy, all of those things are really good things, uh, and, you know, they should be afforded to pretty much everybody, but people deal with these situations in different ways and forgiveness and empathy is an individual thing. It's not a group thing.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this, then. Uh, the prime minister is on, um, I'm not sure what vacation this is. He seems to take a few, but, uh, you know, I don't begrudge the guy for getting a break. But should he, and I think we're going to start to hear a bit more rumbling in the, in the days to come, but should he have not made an appearance uh, in Greektown at this point? Mike, this is not a small, this is not a small incident.
2: Appearance, yes. I just, I, I hate the way that some of those are coming off yeah. these days, where every single leader, if something happens in their country, Especially in in the Western world, will all of a sudden make this appearance, this grand gesture of, oh, I took time away from my busy schedule to be here to help mourn with you. I don't always like the appearance of that. Um, at the same time, look at us now. Now we're we're noticing that he's not there. So it's it's the other window this time around. It's one of those cases where, Drex, I think you're exactly right. People are frustrated. People are angry. Yeah. People don't don't have a way to really. Find an outlet for how they feel right now. This shouldn't have happened. This this just can't happen. And yet it did.
0: Yeah. And Drex, I mean, I think it comes down to consistency. I mean, this is a prime minister who, you know, in that hijab hoax came out, you know, minutes after. And we still didn't have the facts and came out and spoke. He's made appearances on, on everything else, but he's not really in action right now.
1: I'm, uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, if something bad happens, you should say something, whether it be on a municipal level, like a provincial level, or federal. Like, you should be there, because there are some people, regardless of what we think of certain people's politics, there are some people that expect to see their leaders when these things happen. They expect their leaders to tell them, hey, listen, we've got this under control, not gaslight things like John Tory is right now with this ridiculous gun debate, <laughs> but that is for another time. Uh, we expect them to do things. We've seen Doug Ford, which is wonderful. He's come out, he's talked about this. People are seeing him. It, it, he, is, he is Ontario's premier. They, they, they want to see him, they want to hear him speak. The same with John Tory as well, plus all the councillors. I think that's good because it's solidarity in numbers. We are here for you. We are listening. That's a good message.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, so far we've only got a tweet, but it's, it, it's a bit. Yeah. this was not a small shooting. I mean, this, this uh, has really rattled... Uh, A lot of people. Um, I want to talk about a, a human rights tribunal, which I will liken more to a kangaroo court, but they have ruled an employer, private employer, cannot discriminate against job candidates who do not have permanent residence status or citizenship. Uh, but are a le- are legally allowed to work here. And this is a case involving an international student who was offered a position as an engineer in the Sarnia plant of imperial oil. And that was reversed when they found out he did not have a permanent status. I'll talk to you about this, Drex, because you got a bit of an accent. So you've so probably been through the uh, process. But is this not a bit of an overreach? I mean, he did, in fact, lie about his status.
1: Um, I'm not aware of the lie, so I can't comment on that. Um, but look, if, if, if that is in their hiring policies as a private company, that if you're not a permanent resident, that's the rule. I'm sorry. Yes, he was eligible to work here for three years after his studies, and that's, that's totally fine. But if, if the company's hiring policies clearly state, we do not hire permanent residents or, or or people who aren't permanent residents. That is their policy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no question. Like, for example, when I first moved here, I was locked to the company that I was working for until I got my permanent residency. Right. Once I got my permanent residency, I was allowed to work for anyone that I want to, and that is now why I work for Chorus. There are certain rules that should be afforded to people that are following the process properly, like I did. Mm-hmm. But if you lie, and like I said, I'm not aware of the lie, uh, yeah, don't lie because you'll be penalized for it, but it comes down to the private company. If they, if it says in their hiring policies that they don't hire people that are not at least permanent residents, then they are fully within their rights.
0: Yeah, I think, it, um, I think Mike, that it sets a bit of a dangerous precedent.
2: It does. Uh, it sure opens a big can. I wonder if there's not more to this. I mean, when you're hiring somebody, typically at a position like this mm-hmm. you are looking for what you feel is the best candidate now mm-hmm. had he checked a box apparently that said he did have status and that wasn't right uh, according to the story he had done that because he felt he would not get through the the rounds and rounds of selection and wouldn't be given a fair shot at this position so i just wonder if if this is the guy that you wanted to hire if he rose up so much you're going to do what you can to hire him. There sure. are people who apply for jobs in the United States. They do not have green cards, but you know what? The company identifies them as being the person for yeah. that job. We want them. We're going to make this happen. And I wonder why that didn't take place. And, and, in, and in Canada,
1: anyway, most of these, like, if you want to hire a foreign national, you just need to do a labor market opinion. I used to, I used to run some small-town radio stations, and there was a couple of Americans that came to work for us, and we had to do labor market opinions to make sure that, you know, there was no other person... Uh, in the country or in the province capable of doing that particular job. And the, the paperwork just for that is crazy. But uh, look, there are rules there for a, for, for a reason. But if someone's going to lie on something, that's going to have questions around it anyway, isn't well, it? Well,
0: it speaks to the integrity. You might be the best candidate in the world, but if you're lying about that, what else are you lying about? So. Correct. All right, guys, I've got to leave it there. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. That's Mike Thanks. Stubbs and Drake uh, Drex uh, welcomes, who you can hear, of course, on Global News Radio. He is, of course, host of The Shift. He's here on Point on Global News Radio.